Welcome back to the Bravo Dog Knowledge Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Erdman. I'm a certified dog trainer and behavior consultant and own bravodog.ca. Today, we are blessed to have Dr. Katie Lawlor discussing pet loss and the grieving process. So if you or someone you know or love could benefit from listening to this, dig in, share on social media, and let us know what you think. Welcome. I'm so excited today. I have a special guest and that is Dr. Katie Lawler. Uh, Dr. Katie, I would love for you to introduce yourself to the audience. Tell us a bit about yourself and what you do. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me today. This, this truly is my passion and and this topic. Um, it just, it's absolutely everything to me that, um, you invited me on here to, to speak about it. Um, so my name is Dr. Katie Lawler. I am a clinical psychologist based here in Northern California. And my areas of specialty are the human animal bond, trauma and grief and loss, especially pet grief and loss. So thank you so much wow. for having me. Absolutely. And, and it's such a specialized area, you know, and I think that's what really drew me to, to you is that I, I can't remember how I came across you, across you probably Instagram, which is where I find most people. Um, but it's, it's such specialized, uh, work that you do. And I can definitely tell that, that you're just so passionate about, you'd have to be. (laughs) So, you know, I, gosh, I really, you know, growing up, my relationship with animals were my everything. I'm the middle child, very introverted, um, stuck between two very social extroverted sisters. And just growing up, I I really bonded with the animals in my life. And I had such a difficult time when they passed away. And that's that's true today. And I, I just don't think that our society recognizes the magnitude of this loss. Yeah, that's such a great point. Um, And, you know, the the connection that so many people have with their pets is it just goes above and beyond what um, society has sort of um, not labeled, but identified as, you know, just a pet, as if they're lesser than where, where we know that that pets are gosh they're for, for many of us they are equal if not on a higher level than humans <laughs> absolutely you know with our fellow humans especially loved ones i you know our relationships they're complicated they're complex right they're full of highs and lows breakups misunderstandings you know arguments and hurt feelings but our pets they're they always seem there to make, they're always seen, you know, they make us feel better even on our worst days. And I think we really come to rely on their unconditional devotion and the meaning and fulfillment they bring into our lives. Yes, it's, it's truly, it, it, they, I often describe, describe any animal as the purest form of, of life. You know, I don't know if it sounds cheesy, but that's sort of how I see it. Um, 
And yeah, they're just so innocent and they're, they're there for us for, through so many life transitions too. I think that that's something that I've been um, hearing from a lot of people is the, what they go through in life, the struggles that they go through and that their, their dog or their cat or their iguana is there for them, right? (laughs) That's, that's exactly it. I mean, when we walk through that door, we could have just really had the worst day at work or, or gotten into a misunderstanding with our best friend, but that pet, just that unconditional devotion, they're just absolutely thrilled to see us. And then they, they just want to be right by, right by our side. That's all they've ever wanted. Yeah. Do you think the grief um, that we feel with our, uh, with our pets is a different, are there different types of grief? How would you explain it? Sure. I think that just like you said, because the love is so pure, I really believe that we feel the grief on a much deeper level if we are animal people, because there's never been, you know, there's no misunderstandings with our pets. There's no past resentment or anything like that going on. So the grief is just absolute. Um, When they pass, they leave this tremendous void in our lives, especially, you know, if we were caring for them and our daily routine revolved around them. Um, But of course, too, in our hearts, Um, I don't think we ever really move on after the loss of our pets. Rather, I think we learn to live in a way that incorporates their memory and incorporates their spirit. Um, you know, we're changed forever for the better because of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautifully put. And I was, I had on my list of things to ask you today and, and I did put some, uh, a question out on Instagram. So I have some great questions to ask um, for folks as well is, is there truly closure um, in these situations? You know, that's, that's an excellent question. So what I usually, you know, advise the the people that I work with who have just lost a pet, I would say, you know, those first few days and weeks, they're going to feel surreal. And I would just encourage you to engage in activities that really provide some comfort and relief. Um, Anything that makes you feel, you know, really as safe and protected as you possibly can during that devastating time. And then, you know, in the months and the months uh, and, and the year that follows, I would try to find meaningful activity. Again, you know, our, our pets really bring that fulfillment into our lives and you know what can we do that is going to really let us continue um in a way that's very genuine and authentic to us how can we how can we show up and do some good and then finally i would really recommend establishing that enduring connection to your pet so when you're ready you may want to incorporate meaningful items such as their photos or their belongings into your daily life. So for example, 
I've seen some beautiful pieces of art that are displayed in people's homes. I've seen, you know, using their food and water bowls as flower pots. I, I had a cre very creative client who turned um, her dog's uh, leash into a belt. And of course, you know, there's really beautiful um, jewelry that can hold ashes or some of their fur. And, you know, you may want to make uh, start a new tradition by making a donation or volunteering some of your time um, at an animal welfare organization that you love. Those are some really great ideas. I love that. Um, one thing that I know I suffer from and others uh, around me have been suffering from is um, anticipatory grief. And I think yes. I, I messaged you a little bit about that. Um, do you want to maybe talk a little bit about what that is and, and how we can maybe cope with that? Of course. And so, you know, I actually really believe that anticipatory grief can be more devastating than what we experience after they pass because we're trying right to hold on so desperately to every moment. Um, so now is the time to take all the photos and videos. Um, I've heard from so many people that I work with that they're just so glad that they have those photos, but especially videos because, you know, it helps them remember that, it helps them remember their pets as they, as they were um, so full of life. And let me just say too, you know, when, when my rabbit passed away last year, I couldn't look at photos or videos. I'm just starting to, and I'm coming up on a year. So that's entirely normal. I put them in a special folder in my phone where I know they're protected, but I'm just, I'm just starting to get, you know, ready to, to see Jem again. Um, but it's also time, you know, to do the bucket list items. Was there a place you always wanted to take your pet or, or treat them to something? And then I would really try to postpone all non-essential tasks. If you can, if you know, if the vet gave you, you know, a timeline um, or you have an idea of how long you might, the time you have, I, I'd put everything off. And if you are in a position to really think about using your vacation time and sick leave because you won't get this time back, right? such great points. And I, you know, I think, um, that deep connection, I know that I've got this really, really deep connection with my dog, Maggie, um, who has lots of health issues. And so I know she's on borrowed time and I, I have some friends that have similar sort of feelings and thoughts, and they may not have a timeline, but they just know that, that they care so deeply about this creature that they can't imagine them not being in their life. So then they start to almost prepare for that, which is kind of sad when you think about it, because then we're not enjoying the, the present with them. Totally. And that's such a good point. And I, I think as difficult as it may be to think about this, you know, we all are on borrowed time and we really, all any of us have is the moment. And, you know, up until the day that our pets pass, they're living and they're full of life and they want to live with us. And, you know, I'm in the same, a similar situation. Um, my dog, Bear, he, we think he's 10. We, 
We adopted him from the Sacramento SPCA almost a decade ago, and it's it's the same feeling. I know that these are really his senior years, and I just try to enjoy as much time with him as I can every day. I try and be really present in the moment, tell him how much I care about him, and just really, you know, even if we're doing something sedentary like watching our favorite show or just kind of lying on the bed together, I really try to, you know, give him some extra pets or a kiss, a kiss on the head and just, you know, show him how much I care and how much of an impact he's had on my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And something that I've been doing is taking mental snapshots, if that makes sense. So photos sort of in my brain of, of those moments, just that you're talking, you're speaking of. Um, and of course, lots of iPhone photos. <laughs> yes. I only have 10,000 on my phone. So, you know, Um, (laughs) so there's room for more. Um, I think that's excellent advice. Um, I have some questions I'd love to go through because they're questions that I have as well. So I'm glad that people were asking them. Um, What is it okay if we go through them? Of course. Okay, great. Um, Okay. So what, so we're talking about end of life stage here. Um, What should folks be doing for the other pets that are still in the home? Should they be present for the end of life um, transition? Or, and should we leave out their items afterwards? Is there a, a yeah, <laughs> what type of approach do you think is best? Sure. I think that's an excellent question. And I do want to preface preface my answer um, with I am not a veterinarian. I am a clinical psychologist um, and each person, each family is gonna know their pet best. Um, I will give um, a a shout out to, there's two veterinarians that are just amazing, Dr. Lisa Littman and Dr. Monica Tarantino. And they actually speak a great deal on this topic and from what I've gathered from them, um, again, each each family is gonna know their pet best, but you'd really want to be on the lookout uh, for you know any signs of distress from the from the pet that isn't nearing end of life. Sometimes it can be diff- deeply difficult. They don't know what's going on, um, you know, with their, I'll go ahead and say brother or sister. Um, but just to really you want to give them as much attention as possible and just really try to read the situation and and trust your intuition but I absolutely think I think we we just don't there's so much about pets and animals that we just don't know and I truly believe that they have a stronger sense of of what's going on than we may be giving them credit for I really think that they do know Um, so we'll want to attend to their needs yeah. I, and I, I had a feeling you were going to say that it, it depends. And, yeah. and also, you know, body language and you knowing, um, hopefully knowing, I mean, we can't know hundred percent how our, our, how our animals feel, but their, their body language will, will show that and, and personal preference in those scenarios. Right. So yeah, yeah. I think as a clinical psychologist, I'm so attuned to, you know, I want to be there for the guardians and, and what is bound to be, you know, this is going to be one of the most difficult heartbreaking days 
of their lives. And, you know, I think pets are always going to want to be there for us. And, and from what I've gathered with the vets that I've spoken with, pets can be very stoic in the moment when they see that you're upset. So yeah, just a very gentle reminder um, to be there for them if you can. And then if you can't, if you really, um, you know, visibly emotional, you might want to, to think about uh, leaving them with a trusted loved one uh, during that process. But always consult, I'd say bottom line, always just consult with your vet and see, see what they think is best. Yeah. And that really brings me to the next question and something that I, I personally regret in the past with, with transitions, um, of, of past dogs is, is myself getting so upset in their presence while we're, we're at end of life, because I feel like that was selfish of me. That is a, a question someone asked about crying or being upset. It, you know, is that going to make the transition harder for that particular pet? No, I mean, oh goodness. I, first of all, I'd want you to have some self-compassion. You know, that is having been there myself and I'll be very honest. Um, I had, gosh, a, a kitten that I adopted from the Sacramento SPCA. It's been now, uh, let's see, coming up on, on 10 years. He only lived seven months and uh, it turned out he had a congenital birth defect with his liver and there was nothing that could be done. And I, I say that smiling now, it's been a lot of time, but I did ask the vet if we could do a liver transplant on him and <laughs> I was told that doesn't sadly that doesn't exist or didn't exist at the time um, for this kitten but I was so it happened so quickly in the matter of about four days and I was so distraught um, I actually was not I was in the hallway because I was just I was breaking down and my, my partner was in, um, was Quinn, his name was Quinn. And so I think, you know, as a, a speaking, someone who's a very emotional person, I really do wear my heart on my sleeve. I would just urge you to have some, you know, compassion for yourself. And if you do have a trusted family member or friend that could go with you that day, if, if you want to be in the room with them, of course, I would just, Think about, if you can beforehand, what might assist you in getting through that process. But please do not feel guilty about that. I mean, this was your best friend, you know? Um, so that's, that's what I would share with regards to, with regards to um, showing your devastation to them. Yeah, I, I think having that extra support with you is such a great idea. Um, and yeah, I think the hardest part about this is that we often have to be the ones making the decision. And I think that that has to be where the guilt and, and the, um, the issue surrounding closure, uh, is, is so prevalent. Absolutely. And I think if I've taken one thing from Dr. Dr. Lisa and Dr. Monica, better a day too soon than a day too late. If, if your pet is suffering, if they're in pain, um, I've heard them say verbatim, there are worse things 
than death. This is one of the most, you know, humane, peaceful choices that we can make for them. And I think my only piece that I would add here is to discuss if you can this option thoroughly with your veterinarian and and be on kind of the lookout of, of things of signs from your pet to be watching um, watching for and you know hanging on one more day with with the hope that they're going to get better or that something's going to change it's more emotional distress for both of you. Um, and I think that pets can sometimes, I've been told by them that pets, uh, our pets may try to hold on, just like you were saying before, they're seeing our emotions, they're seeing how much we love them, and they may be trying to hold on um, for our sake. But I think any of those conversations that can be had ahead of time, and especially knowing what to expect as as, as painful as that process is going to be, when you know what to expect from it, it can really take some away that some away some of that anxiety and uncertainty. Yes. And I, what I love too, when I was taking a look at your Patreon, um, mm -hmm. so the different membership levels and different things included with that is the checklist. And, you know, so knowing what to expect and, and having a supportive system in place ahead of time, I think is so smart. Um, do you, did you want to share with uh, our audience a bit about what that Patreon, that membership looks like for people? Oh, yes. Gosh, thank you. I would be honored to. So as I was sharing, you know, pet loss grief really is where my heart lies. And having been um, working in a clinical capacity on this topic for the last several years, I started to notice last year that after Jem passed away, there just really wasn't any services that I personally resonated with. Um, you know, as the as a clinical psychologist, really having the evidence base for the coping skills and making sure that the services offered are culturally competent. You know people respond to grief in so many different ways. Everyone's grief is unique. Um, Dr. Lisa, Dr. Monica and I partnered together to created this pet loss community. So we really have three different levels of service depending on your needs. So the, the first is um, we have a very, very warm, tight-knit, supportive um, community on Facebook that, that engages daily. Um, the next level is we host a monthly support group and we offer, uh, again, evidence-based coping skills. And then our third level is one-to-one -one sessions with me. Um, we can do half an hour or an hour at a time. And that's really, if you're just really struggling after the, the loss of your pet and you think you would benefit from some additional support working with me. We can offer you all of those. That's fantastic. Yeah, I think it's definitely needed. And I personally will <laughs> likely be part of this community at some point, um, but definitely will encourage uh, everyone that I know um, if they need that support and help to uh, find their way to you. Um, 
so the last question that I was going to ask you is, um, and I think I may know the answer too, but somebody uh, asked in, on Instagram, how can I make family and friends understand that I won't just get over it and that it's not just a pet? Yes. So I cannot tell you how many times this topic comes up and especially, you know, maybe you have family members, loved ones that aren't per se, you know, animal people. Ooh, I think that being as clear in your articulation of what would be helpful to you in this moment, if they are trying to reach out to help you, um, saying what you need and sharing how, you know, deeply impactful this loss has been. Now, what I'm going to say might be a little bit difficult to hear, but they may just not understand. And yes, that is going to hurt a tremendous amount. But I think if you can surround yourself with people that do get it, I think try once, try twice, but if they, you know, if they're starting, if their reactions actually hurt you, I would pull back and um, really try to speak with people who understand. Now, I'm not making an excuse at all, but I think especially in this, in, a, in our society, you know, we don't talk openly about grief. We don't talk openly about loss, and I think most people don't bring it up because they don't want to to hurt you or, or to remind you and and someone there's a participant in our in our uh, group and she just said last Thursday evening she's like look I'm not gonna I'm never gonna forget that my cat passed away like I'm thinking about him all the time if you bring him up to me that actually makes me feel so good because I can start to remember the wonderful memories that we shared, that we shared together. So um, I don't think they're, you know, they're, they're kind of, they want to make you feel better, right? That's their intention. But I don't think that they're doing it maliciously. Um, I just think most people don't know how to talk about death. Um, I think that's such a great point because I, you know, I don't think anybody intentionally is, is going to say something to, to try and make you feel worse unless they're, uh, something's wrong with them. But, um, you know, I think if, if it seems like they're being dismissive, it may just be because they don't know how to talk to you about it. So, you know, oh, you'll feel, feel fine in a few weeks, you know, you'll get over it. Right. That's their way probably of trying to make you feel better. <laughs> Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's exactly it. I think, you know, at best they are trying to make you feel better and at worst, maybe they're, they're uncomfortable. Maybe they've never, you know, suffered a loss of this um, depth and they're not quite sure what to say and they're finding it uncomfortable to, you know, sit in the grief. And that's why I just think it's so important that you have animal, other animal lovers in your life that you can be with. Um, there's a, there, I found it a true, there's a truly heartwarming uh, video. It's free on YouTube. It's between Stephen Colbert and Anderson Cooper. And um, Stephen Colbert uh, lost his father and two of his brothers in a plane crash when he was really young. And uh, this interview was conducted shortly after Anderson Cooper 
lost his mother and they both agreed that they love it, it nothing nothing means more to them than when people ask them about their family members that have passed because it keeps their spirit alive um and i just wish that we had the courage to do that more and you know on that exact note you know the the cards the flowers the dropping by you know food or coffee in the weeks following the passing is wonderful but those are absolutely still welcome six months a year two years later um you know we remember our pets for the rest of our our lives so i would just encourage people who are listening to this if they have a loved one uh whose pet passed away to reach out to them and, and ask how they're doing even if it's you know five years later it would mean the world to them what a great reminder um I am just, uh, this has just been such a great conversation. I'm so glad that we connected and that we are able to share this information with people. And yeah, did you have anything else you wanted to share before we say our goodbyes? Of course, you know, I just really want to normalize the grieving process for a pet and, and to say that acute grief is normal up until one year. And then it's also incredibly normal on really special days like birthdays, anniversaries, adoption days. And that if you should find yourself very emotional in response to a reminder, that's absolutely okay. You know, the word bereavement, which is the process of grieving, literally means being torn apart. And I think we just need to be there for each other and support each other through this really heartbreaking time. Um, we will get through it, but it takes, it takes a community. And I just hope we can all be there, um, especially as we're starting to come out of such an the isolating time of the pandemic, so. Yeah, exactly. I think, again, wonderful advice. And um, I'm going to put all of your information uh, up for folks. So if they would like to reach out to you and your community, they can do so. And I just want to say, again, thank you so much for, for joining us. Oh gosh, it really, it really is an honor and a pleasure. And if anyone has any questions about our pet loss community, pet loss in general, please, the, the easiest way to get a hold of me is at my Instagram. I do respond to all of my direct messages and it's at pet loss psychologist. And um, please reach out to me because I would be honored to be there for you during this time. Oh. Thank you so much and take care of yourself as well. Of course, and you as well. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care. Thanks for joining us for today's episode with Dr. Katie Lalor. If you found this episode useful, share with your friends and family. Don't forget to find us on Instagram at Bravo Dog Training, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.